1: Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Mike Graham, joined as always by Brian Navarrete. Really excited to have you guys in today. And we're talking about a lot of different things this week. Our uh, girls basketball uh, Lone Star Varsity Super Team went out on Sunday. The guys basketball team is going to come out on Easter Sunday. We're pretty proud of those products. Uh, We'll dive into uh, this week's action in baseball and softball, which there hasn't been a lot yet just because of of the rain love it got on on Tuesday. And and man, was that a relief. But man, was that also a bummer for um, for what we were expecting to get done on on Tuesday. And and then finally, uh, soccer playoffs begin on Thursday. And we're really excited to be able to get out and do that. And then we might touch on the LASD Invitational a little bit at the very end of the show. So, welcome aboard. Really excited to get going.
0: Yeah. Uh, we had, unfortunately, some uh, games get canceled yesterday. But if you ask anybody, we needed it. We needed that rain. So, yeah. Uh you know, we'll, we'll kind of dive into some of the games that finished, and also we had some reschedules for the for the remainder of the week. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you can see those
1: reschedules on LoneStarVarsity.com, or as you probably notice, our setup has kind of changed um, with the uh, GateHouse acquiring Morris Communications, our parent company. If you just go to uh, LubbockOnline.com and click on Sports, Lone Star Varsity is a subcategory in that web page. So either way, uh, you'll get the right information, and uh, we've got it. So, uh, but I just want to dive into the girls' basketball super team because that's no—that's no longer a secret. We worked pretty hard on it, and uh, Holly Hemline, Player of the Year.
0: Yeah, they had a really good season in general. Denver City, uh, if you look at that team, it's really hard to pick out one individual. But Holly Hemline really did have an outstanding season. And uh, I I think she deserved player of the year. Mm -hmm.
1: 544 total points led the team in steals. Uh, just, just so many things. Uh, so, I mean, there were a ton of important players on uh, the the Denver City roster. I mean, this is a team that uh, won Region One and went to the state tournament down in San Antonio. Eventually, lost to the state runner-up, San Antonio Veterans Memorial, and a lot of players contributed to that. But her numbers were just off the chart for for any player, and uh, it was particularly interesting to see her do that, considering the
0: skill sets she had around her too. Definitely. Uh, we knew that she was a special talent coming into this year. You know, um, she's been our newcomer of the year for both basketball and volleyball, which I think kind of shows the versatility of what she can bring to the table in terms of just being a pure athlete.
1: Yeah, it seemed like it was a loaded year for guards. Obviously, Hemline was a guard. Maggie Anderson, our newcomer of the year from Ropes, a guard, a freshman. And, uh, man, what can you say about her and, and uh, the Ropes Eagles, uh, Lady Eagles? I mean, we, we, we've talked about this a whole lot. And we're probably not going to talk about it again until next November. But this is a team that just, I mean, blew the roof off of everyone. I mean, this team went 33-1, and lost to Nazareth in the, uh, in the uh, regional semifinals. Nazareth goes on to win the state championship. I believe that Ropes gave Nazareth its closest game of the year a nine-point margin of victory for the Swiftets. And uh, this is a team that loses no seniors, the Ropes team.
0: They were young this year, and they're going to bring back a lot of talent next year. And uh, I think the big thing that you could say about Maggie Anderson is she is a freshman, but she doesn't play like a freshman. She's a very good ball player. Uh, Looks like she's been balling for years, actually. But, uh, yeah, she's going to return next year, and that team's going to be very talented again. But, again, I think it's well-deserving that she was newcomer of the year. She had an outstanding season, and Ropes had an outstanding season as yes, well.
1: Yes, such a nice person, too, if you ever get around to interviewing her. She's a lot of fun, really upbeat. I mean, even after they, they lost to Nazareth, it wasn't so much about being sad and angry that the season. Ended. It was like, wow, look at the look at the ride we went on. And maybe there's a difference between uh, freshman Maggie Anderson and and senior Maggie Anderson um, because obviously that wasn't the end for her. But we're really excited to see uh, what she and the Lady Eagles do next season. And then coach of the year, Trent Hilliard. I mean, what can you say about these guys? Uh, I mean, this team was – kind of a surprise I mean I think we thought that they were going to be pretty good going into the season but they make a run to the uh, regional tournament um, the region one class 6a tournament and got bounced by the eventual state champions Plano
0: friendship was no joke this year that girls basketball team really put together I think a special season and uh, Hilliard definitely helped them get to that that area but you know if you read kind of the write-up he credits his players for the success that he had as a coach this year and I think that's just really telling when a coach, you know, he understands and he knows pretty much that without the players, you're not going to get as far as uh, as they did this year. And, you know, Cassandra Awat, Macy Maddox, they're coming back next year. So this team, I think, is still going to be setting some bars higher for itself moving forward. Yes, and
1: then we'll just gloss over the uh, the first team real quick. Uh, Cassandra A. uh a junior guard from Friendship, really looking forward to seeing what she does next year. I think she she might be the most athletic player uh, in the entire region coming back and. Uh, You've got Peyton Brown, a guard from uh, Roosevelt. Uh, Roosevelt was one of the most pleasant surprises, I think, of the season. Mm-hmm. Them them, in ropes, really. I mean, the, these were teams, I think in, in 2-3-A, you talked about uh, Idaloo and Water, and then Roosevelt got right into that mix with a couple of uh, key upsets late.
0: Especially in district, like you said, late. They really upset. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I would say it was an upset with them t- beating Shallowater and Idaloo. It, it was a pretty big turn for them.
1: Paige Royal, uh, a uh, wing from level and a senior. Uh, kind of sorry to see her go. She's been a staple of uh, Lone Star varsity super teams for the past couple you, of
0: years. You're not kidding. You're really not. Uh, when you talk about uh, Paige Royal, I, I kind of want to reference back to Holly Hemline and her being named to. The volleyball and the basketball super team because the same story is so for Paige Royal and that she's been you know kind of a staple in both the volleyball and basketball teams the last couple of years and again that just tells you what kind of athlete it is that they that they are and then
1: J.C. Heist a really valuable guard for uh Lovett Cooper Lovett Cooper just torched district Five a this year uh and then ran into uh Canyon Randall in the first round and, and got knocked out. Uh, just a testament to the, the to the depth of the adjacent District 3-5A, which has housed uh, the state champion of uh, girls' basketball 5A for the past five years, four consecutive state titles by Canyon High School, and then last year... Or this past year Amarillo High School won one and uh, Plainview was really good out of that district too. So I mean there's just a lot of depth uh, but I know it was a disappointing way for their, for the Pirates to, to close out their se- season. Uh, I think unfortunately, still, Heist is gone.
0: Yeah, they still had a good season. They got the district title so uh, district was kind of fun for you know the lady Pirates and everybody involved but like you said unfortunately she's gone this next year. But she had a good career at Cooper, and I think she is one of the better players in this area.
1: It's going to be interesting for uh, Lubbock Cooper and then uh, Braylon Dollar's Monterey team, Braylon Dollar, a forward a senior moving on to West Texas a They're all getting merged together with that Amarillo district. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Really excited to see those teams come down and, and see how much the Lubbock teams grow when, when they face that competition week in and week out. should be a really good district and uh, wouldn't be surprised at all if, if some of the Lubbock teams got into that playoff mix.
0: Absolutely, uh, you know, with the graduation of some of these big players that played big minutes for these teams, it's going to be that same situation that coaches always talk about: next man up.
1: And then we had three bonus players, um, called off the bench players. We consider these guys first teamers as well. Kesty um, Esmerado, uh, a guard from Denver City, uh, 149 assists, average 11 points. I mean. Just a a really solid uh, compliment. And and there were more compliments on that Denver City Mm -hmm. team, too. Uh, Lauren Catherman, a sophomore guard from Trinity Christian, excited to see what she does her next
0: two years. She uh, set records, I believe school records, in her sophomore year, and she just had an outstanding season. Uh, She plays for her father, and I'm pretty sure he enjoyed uh, seeing all the things that she was able to bring to the court this year for his team.
1: And then Wayland Baptist signee Kalen Breckel, who I believe was also on the uh, volleyball super
0: team. Yeah, well, we'll lump her in with Holly Hemline and Paige Royal and those athletes that have just been staples in uh, our super teams in the last couple years and have really brought a lot to their respective programs. Yeah,
1: she averaged sixteen, six, and three.
0: she's good she's a good athlete. i I imagine her doing some big things at the next level.
1: So you've been working incredibly hard on on the boys basketball super team. We don't want to reveal. Too much about it. Kind of wanted to be your uh, Easter surprise if, if you a uh, subscriber or purchase an Easter paper. Uh, but what can we tell them about the these teams?
0: That it's given me stomach issues because there are so many talented athletes in this area, and we have to narrow it down to just a few uh, for a first team and second team. But I will say that um, just in general, I think the difficulty that went into choosing this team just shows how good basketball is in this area. Uh, also, I think everybody would agree that our first team is very competitive and uh, I, I wouldn't want to play them. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And then
1: <laughs> I guess we'll we'll move on just to uh, baseball and softball. And I know that a, a conversation that we've had a couple of times is who is the best pound for pound baseball team in Lubbock right now? And I think we've got differing opinions on this one.
0: Uh, I believe you had shallow water. Shallow water. And I I think friendship is very competitive. I think their baseball team is really really stands out and in fact uh, I need to double-check this, but I think recently they've become ranked. Mm-hmm.
1: They got their game in um, against Odessa because they were so far south of the storms yesterday, dropped that one to drop to 4-2, and, and it's kind of murky in, in 2 6 a right now because I, I think there are multiple teams right within uh, a game of each other, and friendship is in that mix.
0: I think 2 6 a in the last couple of years in general has been one that's difficult to get out of, not only get out of, but get the district title.
1: But shallow water looked pretty good in its past game. <laughs> Hayden is eleven strikeouts on the mound, and uh, it's my opinion he's a better shortstop than pitcher.
0: He's a good player. He's having a standout season. Uh, I think he kind of surprised us in what he's bringing to the table. But in covering shallow water the last couple of years, what they're able to do and what they put together doesn't surprise me. You know, I've seen this team uh, go to the regional tournament a few times and even get out. Uh, they're they're a good team. They're well coached, and I think every year they just bring a, a competitive team to the table.
1: I was kind of disappointed to see that uh, the Coronado and, and Lubbock High game on, on Tuesday night got postponed because I think that's I think that's going to be telling. Just, I mean, I think that these are the two, um, I guess, scrappiest teams in, in, in the district. I, I think that they really create their own breaks. Uh, really excited to see – uh, what happens there. Uh, Lubbock High will travel to Coronado on Thursday for a 7 p.m. game, and then Coronado will re-return to Westerner Field at 1 p.m. on Friday to uh, make up what was supposed to be the Tuesday night game. Really looking forward to that one.
0: I think we talked about this before, and we've actually referenced them as scrappy, but I think all the teams in District 4 or 5A are scrappy. I, I don't think there's one clear-cut winner of that district quite yet and uh yeah it, not at all it, it's been fun to watch and th- th- that's going to be a good little double header or not double header uh, back-to-back mm-hmm. competition between coronado and lubbock high
1: anything else standing out to you on the baseball front
0: you know, I got to get out a little bit to Estacado Leveland. Of course, it was rained out. There was some lightning, and they rescheduled for, I believe, it's uh, Thursday at four.
1: Are they going to restart that game, or is it just going to? They're going to pick up three, where they okay. left and, off, and Leveland's winning the game three to two, right?
0: Yes, in the bottom of the third. So Estacado and Leveland, they they both showed off some competitiveness in that. You know, Leveland got on top early, and they used some tricks to get there. You know, some stolen bases and some key hits. When Estacado did the same thing, and I think that one's going to come down to the wire. But I was impressed with uh, both squads from what I got to see, at least. Uh, the winner of that one, I think, is going to come down to the wire, and it's 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 a fun rivalry. And talking with the the coaches, you know, beforehand, you know, it never really occurred to me who who would be the Clear-cut district rivals of that district, but I guess it is Levelland and Estacado. Um, they're very competitive. The coaches. This is this is something that you know is becoming more apparent as we cover more games and talk to more coaches. But I think baseball coaches are in this area are all pretty chummy with each other (laughs) They're, they're really good friends at the end of the day of course there's the competitiveness but yeah at the end of the day I think they're all just really good friends and that makes for fun rivalry and fun you know Camaraderie and things like that, and
1: I think that transcends down to the players too. You know, it's it's not the most physical sport in the world, and and there's a there's a there's definitely a, a culture within all of baseball of of good sportsmanship. Of course, I mean, you see the occasional dugout clearing brawl on the. Uh, <laughs> On the professional level, but, but for the most so, part...
0: Sometimes at the high school level. For, for the
1: most part, it just seems like it's it's a, it's a big fraternity of uh, a, a, a certain kind of specific athlete. Uh, and it's, it's fun. Uh, and uh, you know that the players get to know each other pretty well, especially when you're doing something like 4-5A, where you have a series uh, instead of just going around robbing all the time.
0: Yeah. uh, And a lot of these kids play together in the summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of them are on travel teams together. So uh, they know each other pretty well. And uh, I I think towards the end here, this final district push or, you know, as we get into the second half of district, we're going to see a lot of teams get that much more competitive and some really good results.
1: And then softball, anyone standing out to you, I know right now for me that my top team is probably Friendship, which won again. Played in Midland yesterday, another team that was just too far south of uh, the Storms to have its game suspended. Won an eight-inning game against Midland High, and uh, now owns third place outright.
0: Yeah, we need to look into how many wins Tori Hogan has on the mound, because she's really dealing this year. and. She- She's a big part of what, how Friendship's been able to do so well, but another team that's well coached.
1: Yeah, uh, H- Hogan uh, in, in the Midland game won that in, in complete game style, gave up 21 runners in that game, but there were six defensive errors by Friendship, probably by far their, their worst defensive game of the season, and they still found a way to win.
0: Yeah, and uh, an, another team I think that's really good that we don't get to get out and see very often just because of distance is Seminole. They have another good pitcher, Jody Vaughn. She's she's just a softball player. I mean, she's an overall athlete, but when it comes to softball, she's you could definitely tell that she enjoys it. And uh, they picked up a win this week over Loveland, eight to two, which I think Loveland's another good team uh, that. I think just in this area in general, we have a lot of good uh, softball teams, uh, baseball teams, and it, it's been a lot of fun to get out and watch them. I know uh, you know, I, I enjoy it on any given day just to get out and get a good game, and I've gotten plenty of good games. So
1: Now the, the big things this weekend, I think, are that the UIL soccer playoffs are firing up. Uh, uh, my favorite it, time of year. Yeah. This is
0: my definitely my favorite time of the year.
1: And then the uh, LISD Invitational is, is coming around. That'll be on Good Friday and Saturday right before Easter break.
0: Talking about two sports that I love, soccer and track and
1: field. Well, let's talk about soccer because uh, we, we have a lot of uh, the uh, city teams within this thing. In fact, I think all of them are.
0: We might be a broken record when it comes to friendship on, podca- on the podcast this week, but the friendship girls are 12-2-1, and, and they got El Paso Eastwood, who is 9 and 9-9 at 6 p.m. Thursday at Ratliff Stadium, which becomes a very popular um, venue at no this doubt. time of year. Mm-hmm. But that team is just – they just ran through district. Um, Natalie Jones has become a very – Good score for five goals against Tesco. So a week ago. Yeah, that's not easy. That's definitely not (laughs) easy. It's pretty much impossible. (laughs) Well, not anymore. Not anymore. But uh, I I anticipate them making a deep playoff push. Um, Last year, they obviously made school history and I, I, I see them repeating and doing or being able to you know make that deep run again
1: yeah it's a really good region too when you factor in the mid cities from dallas and all their access to uh club soccer on top of high school soccer it's gonna be a really fun ride to to see where friendship stacks up you know that friendship has made the investment on, on on these kinds of things with its um field and complex and all that i mean there's a there's a lot of interest right there And that's not to say that there isn't everywhere else that participates in in soccer but uh Friendship definitely uh, took some big first steps for its program, and are starting to see the dividends of that.
0: I believe so. You know, in talking with some of the coaches, uh, they talk about how you don't see the the true athlete or how good a player can be until they get on an actual soccer pitch. Apparently, something with the cleats or whatever—it's just a different speed, a different kind of game and. You know that's a return on investment right there in itself, and that you get to see the best of your players. But uh, you know, kind of moving on, Coronado, Coronado girls, they're another good team that are, that are well coached. They're 19-6-1, and, one, and uh, they got Canyon Randall at 5 p.m. Thursday. We got a lot of good games Thursday, mm-hmm.
1: and they get to be home against Canyon Randall.
0: That's always a, that's that's a big plus when it comes to having the home field advantage. So. And kind of moving on a little bit more out of 4-5-A, Lubbock Cooper, second-year program, eleven thirteen and one That's a good record for, I think, a second-year program. Um, they have Amarillo High at 5 p.m. Thursday. And, uh, again, out of 4-5-A, Monterey, fourteen nine and one This is a team that made a deep push last year that – Graduated some big, some big time players that you know are back in the playoffs. And again, forty nine and one—that's a good record.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think Monterey is going to be a, a tough out for anyone in, in the postseason. I, I think that they're the uh, the dark horse behind Coronado to to make a serious run at the regional.
0: What, what I like about Monterey is that they have that experience, that playoff experience that you need in this at this time of year. Because at any given day, you know, it, it can become a mental game, and they've already. uh you know, taking care of that part with the run they were able to do last year. But, yeah, they got Palo Duro at 7 p.m. Friday at uh, Dick Bivens Stadium. That one's a bit of a trip for Monterey, but hopefully they can pull this one out and we get to enjoy some more soccer. And kind of, you know, moving on a little bit, Friendship Boys.
1: Yeah, the Friendship Boys, they're playing El Paso, El Dorado, I mean, this is uh, this looks like a mismatch. I mean, it's it's 22 and two Tigers team versus uh, an El Paso El Dorado team that finished uh, fourth in District One, coming in with an eight and 13 record.
0: That's the benefits you get of being the number one seed out mm-hmm. of your district.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's uh, one of those uh, interesting Greater West Texas versus uh, El Paso meetings. It's a uh, 2 p.m. Central Time Friday kick at Artesia High School in New Mexico. That's a popular destination between uh, the yeah. handle and, and El Paso schools, it seems, every year in, in football and whatever outdoor sport they need with a track and, and a field, it, It's it always seems like it's Artesia or, uh, or, or a Hobbs.
0: Yeah, I've been out to Artesia a couple times with a friendship. Uh, f- the Tigers have one of the best goalies, I think, in this area. Um, uh, Braxton. Yeah, Braxton. I forget his last name at this moment, but, yeah, he's – if anybody's going to play college ball in this area, it's him. If you ask any coach who the best player is in this area, the conversation always comes back to Friendship's goalie. So look for him to play some big – or make some key saves as uh, Friendship tries to push on.
1: And then just we'll, we'll quickly go over these. Monterey 24-1, and 1, the district champion of uh, District 4 going up against – Doom is the fourth uh, seed out of uh, District 3. That's a 5-10-3 program. They're meeting at 5 p.m. Thursday at Canyons Kimbrough Stadium. You've got Amarillo Caprock 15-5-2 visiting Coronado 11-14. and 14. I think that's going to be a really good matchup and, and tell you a lot about the uh, the depth about District 4 uh, because Coronado finished third and with an 11-14 record. I, I think that Um, that might be your upset uh, among this group. And then you've got Lovett Cooper, which is 11-9-3, finished fourth in uh, District 4, taking on Amarillo Palo Duro. And this looks like it's gonna be a tough game. Palo Duro is uh, 23-3, the champion of District 3. That's a 5 p.m. Friday game at Dick Biven Stadium up in Amarillo. And then uh, you've got your two Estacado teams. The boys and the girls both got lined up with uh, Clinton Mountain View. The girls will take on Mountain View at 1.30 p.m. Thursday at Ratliff Stadium in Odessa, like you were saying, a very popular playoff destination, then the guys will follow them up at Ratliff Stadium with a 3.30 p.m. Thursday game.
0: This will be uh, Estacado's kind of uh, – well, they're, they're obviously going to want to continue their season, but they can take home a trophy. You know, they might have not had the season that they wanted, but they could still bring home a trophy, which they did last year. Uh, kind of surprised everybody you know they didn't win a game in the regular season and then they won in the by district still took home some gold so there's still a, there's still a chance for them to make this a memorable season or you know a good season for some of the seniors but uh you know kind of going backtracking a little bit you know when we talk about goalies Gunnar Gonzalez out of Lubbock Cooper he's another good one uh he's he is an underclassman though um, so he'll be coming back next year, and he's 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 helping a program that's also in its second year. With same as the girls, just kind of establish establish itself. You always got to get you always have to get your legs underneath you whenever you start a program.
1: And then we've got the Lisd Invitational, Brian. What can we expect from from this thing? It's it, it seems like it's for most schools. It's the last major track and field event before teams fall into district, which effectively begins the track and field postseason and the push toward Austin.
0: So individually, or speaking of individuals, uh, the only one I can think of off the top of my head who uh, will probably take home some gold is Brayden Dollar. She's a good fielder. Um, But I think what we can expect is some records broken. It seems every year, kind of like at the, uh, the swim meet, the Lubbock Invitational swim meet, Every year it seems like there's a new record that's broken and a new kid that just comes to the forefront of everybody's attention and really deserves to be up on the podium. It's going to be fun. I'm going to have a lot of fun with it, but then again, I'm a track and field guy. I could sit there and watch the 4x4 and get excited.
1: And that's going to do it for us. We really appreciate you guys coming in and uh, hanging out with us once again this week. Can't wait to talk to you again uh next wednesday so we want to wish you a happy easter passover whatever you're celebrating this weekend and we'll talk to you again soon just
0: going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left listen to where secrets go to die the disappearance of derek Hennigan" from the detroit free press a new podcast